Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Next Tech Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Alicia Davis. And I'm Bina Abdul-Rahim. And today's guest speaker is Cassie Brunetto, um, who currently works in governance, risk, and compliance. Um, She does work with various teams within her organization um, to ensure compliance with a plethora of regulations, but I won't really go too detailed. Um, I would pass it over to her so she can introduce herself and speak a little bit more about how she got into the industry. Thank you so much, Alicia. Yes, I am Cassie, and currently I work for Scotia Bank, um, located in Toronto, but I work for the office in New York City uh, pre-pandemic. Okay. So um, I got into information security um, after college. I kind of just went to community college just to knock out those prerequisites. And mm-hmm. one day, one of my colleagues had showed me the Kali Linux distribution. And from there, I was just hooked. Um, He showed me how to set up a fake wireless access point. And I saw one of my classmates join it. And we were kind of looking through their phone. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But it was just, it was just super cool. And I'm just like, wow, like, I feel like I'm in like Ocean's Eleven or something. Like, it was just, it was just mind blowing. And I was like, this is what I want to do with my life. It's just so exciting. Um, There's always a challenge. So After I graduated with my bachelor's degree in um, information security and assurance, I went for my master's. Um, Personally, um, I didn't feel like I got a lot out of my bachelor's degree. There were only four security classes. Um, So I just went back to get a little bit more um, from what I was looking for, which I, I learned about incident response and disaster recovery and business continuity, um, all things that you really have to deal with um, from your day-to-day job when you're working in GRC. So I'm really glad I did that. Um, Of course, I know that there are plenty of people that don't have college degrees. And I Mm -hmm. think, you know, whatever is best for you and your lifestyle, um, you know, I don't believe in gatekeeping. I don't believe in saying that, you know, you need a PhD in like quantum cryptography um, to be the best information security professional. I think that you can learn from free courses online or books or, you know, talking with other people in the industry, I think is key. Um, I would not have had a lot of opportunities if I did not get engaged, um, especially on Twitter, going to conferences. Um, so I would definitely recommend anyone looking to transition into the industry or that just wants to further their career. Um, definitely talk to as many people as you can. Even if you're starting your career in help desk, um, forming relationships with other teams was really integral for me. So, um, you know, if you're going to go from help desk to networking, or if you're going to go to systems administration, um, you know, you definitely just want to get your hands as dirty as possible um, because you definitely need that experience when you're moving forward and going into either incident response or penetration testing. Um, All of that information that you learn at your like first job or your still doing an internship, I think is really, really important. That's amazing because our first episode was, um, we were speaking about having degrees or not. Um, Of course, me and Alicia, we both have degrees, but our path is so different. Um, We went to the same college, got the same degree, but we're doing this two totally different things um, in cybersecurity. 
Um, but it's amazing that you have your bachelor's and your master's and you're saying all this. Um, on top of uh, speaking about GRC, um, let's talk about gate breachers. Um, I know those are your babies, so let's speak about what this is about, who can join, and where can they join. Yes, so gate breachers I established last year um, just because I felt as an underrepresented gender in information security. I was very always hesitant to ask my peers for resources or I was just intimidated. Um, or there's times that you just deal with people that um, you know are trying to help you for the wrong reasons. So I created gate breachers as kind of a safe space um, for all underrepresented genders. So that we can have a place to discuss what we're going through and help each other and provide mentorship. So um, I really wanna try and bring a platform to other people in the industry that can say, yes, this woman, she kicks ass, look at her, I can do it too. So mm -hmm. uh, right now we're actually going to revamp our website, gatebreachers.org. Um, anyone can join there if you want mentorship, if you're looking for resources, any. Um, we also do resume um, reviews awesome. and we do interview preparations. So, um, I mean, I've, I've had, you know, people even re reach out to me personally, which is fine. Um, so we are currently going to revamp the website and I'd like to have, um, you know, more women come and tell their stories, their experience. Um, and then we want to showcase those women. And, you know, if you're I'm trying to get people from different niches. So, uh, you know, if you want to work in incident response or you want to work on red team or blue team, there will be somebody that you can say, this is, you know, what they do. This is how they got here. This is, you know, the resources they recommend, um, you know, looking at when you're trying to get into the industry, just so we can help more of each other. I think, you right. know, we we're taken down a lot by our peers or we're Mm -hmm. um, you know, constantly feeling we're inadequate, but I want to empower women because we're just as smart as the boys and right. you know, we can do things even better. So I just really want to help women. Uh, for myself, I was the only woman in all my classes. So it's just like, mm -hmm. you know, I don't think, I think we think about things just a little differently. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's just the way that we are. So, you know, being able to provide structure and giving people uh, the connections that they need to grow, I think is really amazing. Mm -hmm. Wow. Now, you also have a blog yes. called CassieCage.me. How did you get started with blogging? So I think it's super duper important um, to have some type of showcase of your experience and skills. Uh, so I'm not in a very technical role. So the only way I can really do that, I think is blogging. So I wanted to start to blog to show people what I did to get into the security, um, to share my experiences. I often tell people, um, you know, about what has happened uh, to some degree, uh, you know, without divulging too much information. Um, mm -hmm. But I get a lot of feedback and they're like, wow, you know, I think we go through a lot of similar experiences. So I think being able to just even get that feedback for myself and realize, okay, like, this isn't just something that I'm going through in my organization or a past organization. This is kind of something that's prevalent in many organizations. So, um, you know, just if in some terms, you just have to learn how to navigate your way 
um, you know, through your, your path. And, you know, if, if you're getting experience somewhere, but you feel like you need more and you're not getting an opportunity, um, you know, it's just time to move on. So um, I really think that being able to bring all my good experiences from my jobs mm -hmm. and uh, put it out there and show people, um, you know, don't be afraid to take chances. Don't be afraid to talk to your sysadmin or your networking team or your infosec mm -hmm. team and ask to shadow them, um, mm -hmm. you know, even if it's after work for free, you know, sometimes you just have to make that sacrifice um, right. so that you can get that experience and then give back to your community. Um, I encourage people a lot because I think that, you know, we, we put ourselves down a lot. We think that we're not mm -hmm. doing a good enough job, but, you know, having that support and having someone on your team and rooting for you mm -hmm. um, is just, you know, super motivational for everybody. So I, I've gotten that a lot and I like to give that back. Definitely. Now, I've heard this before where people have wanted to start blogs about their journey um, coming into the industry or or whatever the case may be. Um, but they're stumped on them not being a good writer. Could you please inform the audience if you have to be excelling in writing in order for you to have a successful blog? Uh, yes. Uh, in, in just your career, you have to be able to write things in a way that a five-year-old can understand them. Mm -hmm. um, so for me in particular, uh, I'm, I'm always making presentations that have to be presented to senior management. So if you're able to translate those technical terms into simplistic, um, into more simplistic terms, I think that um, that is key. And also being able to communicate effectively and clearly. Mm -hmm. uh, I try to put some humor in my blogs and kind of talk you know, how I normally would because I'm not a robot and I'm not perfect. And mm -hmm. sometimes I use the wrong word in the wrong context. But um, I think that being able to write is is just such an important skill. Um, and even just how to communicate, um, you know, orally, you, you need to be able to talk to different teams, as you stated, mm -hmm. um, being able to talk to your end users, explain things to them, um, how to, you know, handle a certain procedure. Um, all of these things I learned, like in help desk, I learned in college, um, and I just personally enjoy writing. It's something that I've always done. So, um, you know, maybe I'll write a book one day. I don't know. It would be a little too long. But I think that, you mm -hmm. know, being able to write about your experiences and right. even if you might have experienced, you know, it negatively, being able to, you know, grab the positive out of it and then mm -hmm. put it out there because I don't, I don't want to be too negative because then people are like, oh, like, is this really something I want to do? Or, you know, she's crazy. Like, how could she even put up with this? Um, because there, there are your days where you're, you're like questioning, you know, your every decision up until now. Yeah. Um, but then, <laughs> but then um, you know, there are other days where, you know, it's, it's very fulfilling and you feel like you're, you know, making strides and, and you're really advancing your career. So I think mm -hmm. that 100% um, being able to write and communicate effectively will help you um, tenfold. Well, thank you for that. Um, I, I felt like having an actual guest or a professional specify that would kind of help them um, see my answer. Because uh, I feel like you definitely do need to understand that if you're able to convey your message in a way that, like you said, a five-year-old can understand, um, that'd be great. Because what if there's someone coming into the industry that has no technical background or have no technical knowledge and you're using words that they can't understand? 
Um, so right. yeah, that, that's a that's a, a great skill to definitely have. Yes, um, and definitely to your point, um, there are definitely blogs that I've written, you know, trying to understand, especially with more like the red team roles that, mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm not going to mention any authors, but just, um, you know, if it's very technical and you're not, you're not describing any acronyms or any concepts related, uh, let's say, for example, you're talking about Kerberos, which is very confusing, a very confusing mm -hmm. thing to understand for most people. Um, so, you know, if you're trying to explain that, try um, and make it into like a metaphor. Like I've seen on Cyberry, they do a really good job. Kelly Handerhan, she was like, oh, it's like, you know, a festival and you need a ticket to get on each ride. And and she was, she was explaining it in a way where I'm like, wow, if I had somebody explained this to me like five years ago, the way she explained it to me now, it would have clicked in like one minute. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, sometimes, you know, especially in books, it's very dry. Like, oh, gosh, studying mm -hmm. for like certification. Right. Just, you're just falling asleep. You're like, I might as well read this before bed so I can go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, please, 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 please try and like, you know, come from the reader's point where they might. This is something that they might have never even heard of before. Um, you know, so try and explain it in a way where it's easy to understand and follow. Otherwise, you will, uh, for me personally, you will lose me within two paragraphs. I'll just be like, all right, I can't understand this. This is too much technical jargon. Mumbo -jumbo, like, <laughs> right. <I'm not>, why? <laughs> that is me. Right. If you can't capture my attention within those first few sentences or paragraphs, please. Um, yeah, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, a lot of cybersecurity books are dry. Oh my God. I just, sometimes it's just, you just have to sit there and get through them. But yeah. honestly, I learn more from videos and hands-on than from the books. 100%. Um, but I, I hope the authors, you know, somehow now make the book so dry because you pay so much money and then you can't get through past chapter two <laughs> and then it's a waste of money. I I agree 100%. I think I had like for each exam, like five different books, because everyone, I guess, you know, tells things in their own, you know, different way. But yeah, until you actually kind of get that hands on or see it through a video, I think it's, you know, a lot easier to apply once you um, kind of get it from different perspectives, and then it just clicks. Mm -hmm. Now, Let's jump to another question. I know we were speaking about different industries. Do you think you find yourself in this industry? If so, when do you when did you know that this was the work you would like to go into? Um, if not, how did you get here? Wow. So for me, <laughs> um, I mean, I wanted to be a lawyer. I wanted to be a friend, a forensic anthropologist at one point and look at dead bodies. So like for, to come here, I think I would say the one common denominator in all of those careers, I feel like is they're very challenging. You have to apply critical thinking. Um, mm -hmm. I, I like to um, be objective about things and learn. And then you just have to kind of sit back and assess things. Um, you don't want to jump to conclusions. You can't really mm -hmm. do any of that in those careers. So right. I think that um, the appeal to me is the constant learning because um, I get very bored easily. I'm just like, okay, like, you know, all right, if this was like my job and it was accounting, like you have to just plug numbers and spreadsheets all day. Like that's not for me. Some people, sure, not for me. <laughs> um, but I think that I think that, you know, um, having to also navigate different organizations, each organization has their own threat landscape. So there's just so many opportunities um, to help, I think. And I, and I love help. I'm sorry. My phone is like 
you can test, okay. <laughs> we're, all, um, we're all at home now, so that's fine. <laughs> so um, I think that it was just helping people as well. Um, it's, um, it's a very altruistic job, in my opinion, because, mm-hmm. you know, you have people's lives on the line, um, you know, depending on what data you're dealing with and what industry you're in. It could even, you know, if you're working for the government, in, in that case, you're dealing with national security. So um, <clears throat> for me personally, I uh, kind of progressed from criminal justice to database administration, which, um, you know, again, is like an interest, interesting thing. But once I really started taking the classes, I'm like, all right, I just have to write these statements all day. It's pretty, you know, pretty basic. Um I got bored. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> so I just kind of was like, all right, do I really see myself doing this for the rest of my life? No. Um, and then I started learning more about security. Um, I was taking lots of classes that you had to learn about uh, web development and security with web development. So it really just kind of caught my attention and I kept it, um, you know, going through the years. I think ransomware was a lot more prevalent starting in like 2014, 2015. Um, so I was like right in the middle of getting my bachelor's degree. Uh, so yes, also, by the way, you don't need to be like 24. You can do a degree at any time. I'm right. 30 years old and I just finished my master's like a year ago. So um, yeah, totally. Um, <clears throat> I think just also looking at the growth, um, you know, technology is something that has just been ingrained in our society. It's something that um, I like to teach other people about because there's a lot of people that don't know what we find to be just common sense knowledge. Um, people don't know to lock their computers at Starbucks mm-hmm. or they don't know not to join public Wi-Fi or to click on that phishing email. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that for me personally, uh, that aspect of giving back and being able to share my knowledge with others um, is really nice. Um, and I think that the challenge that I always have to solve problems and I'm working with other people and that's Mm -hmm. also a plus so um I guess I'd say I I came for the shit show excuse my language (laughs) Um, you know it's like it's like watching that car on the on like the highway that like just shot up in flames after rolling five times I'm just like oh yeah I'm gonna stay here and like see how this plays out um so yeah I mean I think it's great a great industry to work in I encourage um any woman or anybody to work in STEM I understand that you've had some roles where you're leading in or just pretty much every, I know that everyone would pretty much have leadership skills, but which leadership skills for you were the most difficult to develop? I think being diplomatic um, is very hard for me. I'm a very passionate person. I like to speak my mind. And Mm -hmm. I mean, um, I think having that filter it's kind of like an on and off switch for me. I mean, I have like my, you know, party Cassie or, you know, have fun Cassie. And then I have to like simmer down and like, you know, taper down five notches and then like bring it to like talking to C-level executives, Cassie. So, um, you know, it's kind of a facade. I kind of feel like I'm putting on a mask every day. I can't be like who I really want to be and you kind of have to pick your battles. So I think mm-hmm. learning to be diplomatic and really navigate the, the politics around an organization, especially a bigger organization, um, mm-hmm. is something that you'll never learn in college. You'll never learn on library. You'll never right. learn anywhere until you actually are in that position. Um, and I think <clears throat> as security professionals, um, it's our job to advise and not to implement. Um, and you just have to not take it personally. Um, you cannot take it personally as much as 
you know, you work and, and sometimes your work goes unappreciated um, or you don't get senior buy-in, which has been the case for me. I spent months and months and months developing a program and ultimately they were just like, well, Cassie, how do I know you're not going to keep asking for more controls? I'm just like, listen, like you're, you're in healthcare. This is what you need to even be HIPAA compliant. You, you have credit cards, you, you know, you need PCI DSS there. Mm-hmm. So um, I think just having to learn to like let things go um, and not take it personally and just understand that some organizations aren't mature enough for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're just, you've just outgrown them. Um, I think that has probably been um, in terms of leadership as well, uh, I'm not personally like a leader or manager at this time, but for me, um, dealing with somebody who is a first time manager uh, who I report to, um, mm-hmm. communication is a really big one. Have like one on one meetings with your subordinates. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure that they're setting goals, um, attainable and measurable goals for the year and make and make sure you support them. Um, because it's one thing, you know, when you're doing your self-assessment at the end of the year to say, um, you know, this is what I did. And, you know, did you actually, you know, get there? Did, were you given the tools to be successful? Um, you know, so I think as a manager and a leader, you have to be able to take the time to help and mentor uh, your employees, because if you don't, then um, they, they might not be, you know, so inclined to continue to stay on your team. And mm-hmm. as you know, most people don't leave their jobs, they leave their managers. So I think exactly that, um, also owning it, owning it and being accountable for your mistakes. And, you know, if you mess up, then just own it and and try to get better, um, because if you don't, people will notice people will notice that you're not trying to. Uh, improve the situation uh, Mm -hmm. and it will just make things worse so that is for me I guess from my experience uh, Mm -hmm. the best advice I could give to somebody I love that advice because (laughs) um honestly first-time managers are the hardest to work with um especially when you are new to the industry and your manager's already new and it's like um it's just the balance of being able to understand what the manager wants versus what you're supposed to do and what you're getting from your teammates. Um, that was the hardest yeah. for me, honestly. Um, but like you said, if the manager is not willing to work with you, um, that's how they lose good employees, honestly. Right. They do. Yeah. Because I'm one of those that if, <laughs> if I'm not being satisfied or fulfilled, yeah, I'm I'm sorry, but I would definitely leave because I don't feel like I'm a being appreciated at that point. So that and also like I'm the type where I have big goals. It scares me, but I do have that big goal. I'm that type of person. So whenever I do come up with to my manager with my goals, they're like, No, Bina, no. You only have like 18 months of experience, but I'm like, it don't matter though. Like, that's what I want. <laughs> and that's what it gets to me. That's what it gets because it's like, well, are you going to help me? Are you not right. going to help me? Like, like what kind of advice any, do you give right, me for me to get right. to that point? So, but other than that, I'm like, I can definitely do all this. Like, I'm that person. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Please, managers, delegate like different, like various responsibilities. Because I know for me personally, if you're like, you're like Cassie, like you're working on risk assessments all year for the rest of the year, I'm be like, bye. Like, no, you need need to be able to give people opportunities to do more than one thing and grow. Because 
you know, if, if at the end of the year, like I'm going to look back and say, what did I learn since I got here? And if I can't say I learned at least three new skills, then I think that's like pretty problematic. Mm-hmm. So um, also, you know, encouraging, you know, your employees to go to conferences. I've been to places where they're like, well, I don't know if you can go to DEF CON because we're going to be busy. And I'm like, well, how do you know we're going to be busy? This is like January. Like, how can you shut <laughs> me down? <already>? Right. Like, <laughs> Please. <laughs> I had that too. Oh my God. When they say that, I always see, think that they're not, they don't have the mindset of lifelong learning because if you want someone to be successful, give them what they need. And um, exactly. not only will they be successful for themselves, but they will bring more success to the company and to the team. Um, most managers like that though. Um, and let's jump to another question. Um, so everyone makes mistakes and I admire people who are willing to own up to their mistakes and help others to avoid making the same ones. With that being said, um, I would like to know what mistakes have you made that you wish to tell our audience? Oh boy. (laughs) Something that would help us out. (laughs) Uh, never run vulnerability scans, uh, during the workday, uh, that will kill your network. Um, yeah, so uh i was at my previous job and we were you know testing out some new products to do (laughs) management and you know i'm like playing with it and i'm like oh like let's run this scan right now and this was like in the middle of like i think oh god i think it was like eternal blue and and and, like all of those um (laughs) cves were coming out i remember there was one week that we had like five in a row so i'm like we need a scan uh, we need to see if, you know, any of our hosts are vulnerable. Um, so it, I accidentally like triggered it in the middle of the day and we just started getting call <laughs> wow. after call. What's going on? <laughs> My machine is so slow. What is happening? And I'm just like, oh. <laughs> I'm like, oops. <laughs> so that was like a hard lesson learned. But um, yeah, so always make sure that uh, you're testing things like off hours um, where like you're doing scans like uh, 12 in the morning, like times when, uh, you know, business as usual is not, um, you know, at the highest point, I would say definitely not like 2 p.m. when people are trying to go home and leave. So, uh, yeah, that was like one of my uh, biggest mistakes, I think. Um, and then just uh, I think that learning that the failing um, will help you succeed is really big. I know that, you know, sometimes we get scared or we're like, oh, my gosh, like, you know, we're going to get fired. But everybody who like you know has gotten to the top will have made mistakes um because it's just you know that's what happens we're not perfect things go wrong things break Um, right as long as you own it and like I know for me like I that like my heart dropped I I had a heart attack and I'm just like I will never ever ever do that again so sometimes (laughs) that's what it takes for you to learn (laughs) listen learn a mini heart attack (laughs) yes um, if you could learn any new professional skill, um, it doesn't have to be related to the current role or industry, um, but what would it be? I would totally love to design clothes. Uh, I think Ooh. that would be so much fun. I actually looked into it when I was younger, but it is expensive. You do need to have like money to invest um, to work with designers and get samples and uh, okay. things like that. So. I mean, if I ever have money, uh, you know, if I'm successful, you know, maybe like 10 years or so down the line, I would love to design clothes. I love 
clothes. Um, but you know, I can't afford all those nice expensive things. <laughs> so I just have to make my own for now. <laughs> oh, so you I, do make your own clothing at times right um, now? I have designed my own shoe. I was able to go to the Nike store and they did oh. like um, an Air Jordan One. It was all white, and I was able to put my own like. Um, the swoosh marks I was able to design it any way I wanted they dyed it for me um, and then I even came home after um, and I got you know just some nice uh, thing like uh, like the silver markers I even had some detailing so yeah I like designing and being creative that's like one of my I guess, like hidden talents I, I really like <laughs> art and things but it doesn't pay the bills so I can't like focus on it sucks <laughs> <laughs> side hobby <laughs> right um what are your favorite pair of sneakers from over the years oh boy um <laughs> I probably don't own them because like oh gosh try being in like the sneaker world is very like traumatic you're always excited <laughs> to get these sneakers and then you never get them and you're like oh my gosh I was so excited and it's a big L uh, but I think my favorite shoe uh, I do not have is the um Yeezy I think it's the 900 um, that has like the gum bottom. They had a pair in gray and brown. I like the gray ones. Uh, I believe they're suede. They look really cool. They look like some like awesome moon boots. I know I'm not that <laughs> everybody's like style, but I like them a lot. And uh, maybe I'll own them one day. But right now they're like $1,000 on StockX. So I'm, I'm not going to be able to Ooh, get those. That's yes. a lot. <laughs> I know. <laughs> this is stressful so I'm like I need to be successful so I can get the shoes I want <laughs> so I am not a sneakerhead because I do not know the num the numbers of these the names of these I'm like what kind of them? I'm on Google trying to look at them <laughs> I'm like which one she's talking about <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, it's also a great side hustle if you ever need extra money. Um, you know, I know that there's like even sneaker bots and like proxy groups and stuff out there. I have like a side account, like a side Twitter account for like sneaker, um, my sneaker obsession. I kind of like, <laughs> I'm like on there like sometimes, and it's, it's like it's crazy going from like one world to another. Um, but yeah, people make thousands of dollars. Um, you know, if you can get the shoe for retail, which is like very very hard these days because of all the bots um so yeah i guess if that's if that's something you want to look into too developing sneaker bots i guess or protecting against <laughs> them please we need more people protecting against them because it's annoying trying to get sneakers um yeah totally <laughs> like you know i i think i think uh it's it's interesting to see you have like 21 year olds these days making like 10k a month um from flipping sneakers uh so kudos wow. to them kudos to them <laughs> that is a hustle yeah wow i, know. I can't kidding. like i'm like man i am enough with like my work but you you set up a property <laughs> i think it was like a thousand dollars a month uh go for it have fun. oh my goodness wow <laughs> i love that um so before we end the episode um one last question which values got you to where you are today this, oh, could be, this, one. this could be personal or professional or something you learned over the years? Um, yes, great question. So I think for me, um, my uncle, um, he was like my mentor. Uh, he passed when I was 19 in 2009. Um, but he always taught me, um, you know, education is power. 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, if you're educated, um, you will open door, you know, doors will open for you. And I think that really motivated me um, to keep going. Uh, there were times when, you know, um, things were difficult. Uh, you know, I wasn't like the best teenager. I dropped out of high school. Um, it was boring for me. I didn't really fit in. Um, but I think uh, also having my son, um, you know, I had him at a younger age, which also made things difficult, but it also um, really motivated me because I, you know, I had this baby and he needed, you know, a role model and somebody to provide for him. So, um, you know, that really, you know, I, I stayed on track for him. Um, but I think also just who I am, I like helping people, um, you know, money is nice too. But overall, I think um, having that sense of responsibility is something that I really like. Um, I really like being able to solve complex problems. And um, it's just, you know, something that's always interested me, Um, you know, growing up, I think, uh, you know, I was born in 1990. So I I feel like I was really blessed to, to go through that technological transformation of Uh, you know, I used to play on the the typewriter and then I I got my first PC and I was like using AOL and going in chat rooms and strangers and like developing MySpace pages and, you know, just going through all that. It's just kind of, I feel natural for me to like progress. And that's, you know, what I did all the time. I go home and I'd be on the computer all the time. So um, I think it makes sense for me. Um, I know now like kids have iPads and stuff and like I totally encourage, um, you know, everyone to give their kid a laptop or a computer because um, it really, really is such um, a game changer and mm-hmm. understanding how things work, um, you know, and and not being social engineered and, and having these tools um, in your in your toolbox, I think is, um, you know, a lifesaver. And not only just a career, um, you know, and being able to show people how to be safe um, and and have them take that home with them. I wish, um, you know, I was more in like security awareness training. Uh, I did that a Mm -hmm. few times, but being able to say, you know, like, don't reuse your passwords for your bank and, you know, your electricity or utilities. And um, I think doing that is really great. So I would just say, being a good person. I mean, if you're a good person, like, and you, you have integrity and um, discipline, I think that you'll, you'll do great. And if you have that knowledge, um, or that thirst for knowledge, um, and you want to continue to grow and challenge yourself, I think that, you know, that you'd be a great candidate to work for, um, you know, either IT or information security. Awesome. I like yes. That. Be true to you and uh, F the haters and the gatekeepers and uh, you got this. You, you're going to kill it. That's, you know, everybody can do it. So on that note, I think it would be a good way or a good time to go ahead and end the episode. Was there any last takes or anything else that you would like to share with the audience, Cassie? Uh, be well, stay safe, <laughs> wear masks. Please vote, everyone. Please vote. This please not, vote. <laughs> this is not a drill. <laughs> um, no, seriously, uh, this is great talking, ladies. Uh, this is so much fun. And yes. Um, yes, I can. I look forward to hearing you know more on your podcast in later episodes. Awesome. Thank you. We definitely appreciate you being a guest. Um, thank you for accepting our invitation. Me. Thank you. So not much, a problem. Ladies. An audience. Thank Thanks you for, for listening. listening. Catch, Catch us on the next, on next episode. episode. We're, We're out. out.